This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome back to the MK1 podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Been a pretty, pretty quiet week overall, Milton Keynes. Not too much happened, um, which is probably a good thing considering the week we're about to get with uh, with three games to play um, in. I was two games at home in Shrewsbury next to, and of course, uh, the Forest Green game coming up on Saturday, which we'll preview later on. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, we had the game on Saturday against Lincoln, gents, and we were all there, and we'll get onto that shortly. But before we do, let's introduce everyone. On the call. Uh, Duffy, how are we, mate? Are we good? Yeah, just working away, mate, as usual. Yeah, i tell you what, it's, I don't know about you, mate, it's been a pretty hectic week. I'm glad it's uh, I'm glad it's almost Friday, to be honest. I'm glad to get ourselves to Forest Green because it's been absolutely manic. And obviously, Joe is joining us on the call. How are you, mate? Yes, all good, thank you. Um, raring to go for, for the weekend. Uh, I'm back in the swing of things now and hungry, uh, hungry for games. So, uh, yeah, let's see how we go. Well, it's a good job you are, mate, because as you said, we've got uh, quite a few to look ahead to this week. Only going to focus on Forest Green really for this one, but some massive games also at home to look forward to in uh, Shrewsbury next. Uh, but yeah, another game at home to look at first, Lincoln at home. Obviously a game where um, finished 0-0 and first, we, weren't, we weren't too surprised at that result. I don't think it was, as you mentioned, it was two of the poorer teams attacking-wise over the season anyway uh, this year. So it was always going to be a low-chance game. But um yeah, I felt, I felt overall we had pretty good control of the game, you know, 70% possession um, throughout the match. We just couldn't find that clinical edge going forward and couldn't get the three points in the end. But I thought overall, Ross, it was a performance where there were some positives to take, which I'm sure we'll get on to, but also a bit of work to do, especially going forward. Yeah, and I think you could arguably say that there's an element of frustration coming from the game because um, personally I felt it was a missed opportunity. Um Felt Lincoln in the second half, especially, were there for the taking. Um, and they asked us questions and we didn't answer them back and we, we, we did struggle to break them down. And um, 
as you say, Liam, we, we we did look in control and for little moments of the game, um, for little moments of the game, uh, Lincoln literally offered nothing. Um, and I mean, if when you have all that possession and you, you've only got one shot on target, um, you don't deserve to win games. Um, and I think that's the issue at the moment. And um, I think it's a, lot, a lack of creativity. And it's just a bit too passive at times and passing for the sake of it. But um, I think, I wouldn't say it's two points dropped because of obviously we're in January at the moment. And yeah, yeah, Lincoln weren't great. But I think there definitely are positives to take from that game. Obviously, we'll look, look into that. Um, obviously, with a clean sheet and that. But I think overall, um, I think Forest Green really can't come quick enough. Yeah, and I think, um, I know you speak about the lack of attacking prowess going forward, but Joe, I think you know, to nullify a team like Lincoln, whilst they are a low XG team, um, you haven't, they have some decent players in that team. You know, Jack Darwin thought was fantastic on the day. Um, you know, Danny Mandrew isn't a bad player at all coming over from Ireland, and Tom Hopper is a player who's well used to League One football. So the fact that we limited that team to very limited chance on the day shouldn't be shied away, should it? No, I think Ross, you know, Ross was right in saying, yeah, I guess, you know, it was a missed opportunity, but every single game is an opportunity for three points, isn't it? Um, you maybe would have targeted this game and said maybe we had a better chance, but yeah, I, I think out of possession, we were absolutely fantastic. They had, I can barely remember them having a shot in the box. I think they had five shots or six shots in total, and they all came just from individual moments from... Um, Jack Diamond, who we highlighted in in the um, in the preview. Um, well, I say we; it was one of you two. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I think um, you know you, you did as best as you could defensively. It's just um, you know going forward, and I think it's not in it really uh, news, but uh, yeah, that part needs to be worked on. But I think out of possession, you know, we Ethan Robson again was quite good at winning the ball back, um, but then I would then counter that was saying, yeah, but maybe he wasn't the best in possession, which maybe, you know, contributed to us not being that creative going forward. Um, I think tonight the fullbacks didn't have the best games. Again, nothing went down their sides defensively, absolutely fine. But going forward, it was very much a lot of sideways movement. And a lot of it, I have to say, you know, you do kind of need the players in front of you to be making movements and, you know, making the runs to to receive the ball. And by all accounts, though, it was a very tough, intense two weeks. I think we saw that with half the team coming off the bloody pitch <laughs> by by 60 minutes or so. Um, so hopefully this is just a, a moment of, you know, just, just being knackered and hopefully we now can then build on, keep the good elements and then just start to just gradually add a bit more, um, you know, a bit more movement off the ball, I think for me was just the key thing, really. Yeah, I think I think some combinations, as you mentioned, particularly uh, tonight and Louis Barry, and potentially why Barry came off early. Actually, this wasn't working at all. You had Barry dropping deep, and tonight just like coming forward at the same time, and the connection that seemed to be all over the place, and it really impacted us going forward. But yeah, some points we'll get onto a bit later on. But I wanted to start with the defensive performance, start with the positives. I thought, you know, Ken commented about how he thought Jack Tucker Ross had his best performance as a Don's player, definitely the man of the match. I thought. Um, yeah, it's pretty steady, to be fair. I still think there's some things to work on. And to be fair, where there, where isn't there in the squad at the moment right now. 
But you know, Tucker overall, Ross, I thought had a pretty decent game. What did you think? Yeah, I was I, I was pleased with how he played and the back line, really. And I think um, obviously we was going off um, with the injury. We adapted to that, and sometimes teams do struggle to do that. So obviously, there's an element of just composure and maturity in obviously Tucker and Jules to do that, and uh, we did adapt. But I'm not going to paper over it. As I say, uh, Lincoln Lincoln had little chances. They didn't really have any intent in that second half to push on to get the three points. So, obviously, they were happy to take the point away from home. So, really, the back line, it was just a case of uh, using the pitch, using the width for the pitch and um, just letting the uh, people in the final third to do the job. Yeah, and obviously, if that was injury, uh, Joe, Zach Jules had to come in for 60 minutes of the game and... There's been a lot of chat about him in the back four and, you know, basically the summary of perhaps people don't trust him in the back four at Don's. But I thought considering he had to come in as sort of last minute notice and I know, yes, I know Ross mentioned he wasn't challenged that much in the game, but thought overall, um, the coaches reckoned he looked steady and I thought from what I saw, he looks pretty steady also. Absolutely, yeah. Firstly on Jack Tucker, um, he did a little interview today for the press conference and he was saying, you know, it's... And I guess we don't really think of it. We're, you know, we may have mentioned it a couple of times, but he's been going from a team playing a lump ball to being expected to, you know, replace Harry Darling, who's probably the most prolific midfielder and uh, defender of the whole of the EFL last season. It was always going to be a tall order. But I think even we said as a podcast um, a few times, look, there, there has been quite a few hairy moments, but as a defender, he is solid. And I think now he's just showing, starting to show a little bit of that confidence on the ball, perhaps. Um, he's not he's not dribbling through teams and pinging 60-yarders, but we're getting there and, and it's steady progress. Um, and in regards to Zach Jules, again, just to kind of nick a line that um, that Mark Jackson said in his press conference, um, for a defender to come, half, come on halfway through a game is quite rare. Normally it's, you know, you're changing your wingers or your, your full-backs or your, your tackers, your strikers. Um in for substitutions, but he had to come on and write and you know, he was thrown right into the thick of it. And the biggest compliment I can give both Zach Jules and Jack Tucker was that Lincoln had two shots in our box. One of them was um, after kickoff from in the first half and the other one was from a set piece. So, you know, in the whole 90 minutes, they just kept the Lincoln players out of our box. Um, I think with Zach Jules as well, I think, you know, there might be the odd moment defensively where you think that he could maybe do better, but I do think he adds another dimension in terms of bringing the ball out from the back. Um, he's obviously uses his, you know, he's played left back in the past, and so there is that element where he can, you know, drive forward at times, and you know, he probably, you know, drove forward maybe a few more times than maybe Dan Harvey did at times. Um, I thought Dan Harvey again. As I mentioned before, he didn't necessarily do anything wrong, but it was just, um, you know, you just want in that final third, there's just not quite that spark that we have seen before. Um, so, yeah, good good on Jack, Zach Jules. And, um, well, long may it continue because, um, you know, we've heard rumblings, nothing's confirmed yet, but it's um, not looking too good for the foreseeable, especially if the club are thinking that they're going to have to dip into the market. But yeah, obviously that injury to Woz, um, even Jacko said himself at the press conference, you know, that injury kind of increases the need for his position in the pecking order. So that would suggest that, you know, we're potentially needing one coming in soon. And 
Yeah, I mean, at least one probably. I think many people want more than one, but I think in terms of the market where we're at right now, I think getting one quality centre-back in is probably the priority as opposed to two. Um, but yeah, I mean, defensively, we look fairly solid, but definitely, I know we've all mentioned it, going forward, there's definitely some work needed. And I think from watching the game in particular on, on Saturday, I felt there was a, I felt it was a mix of, it's a mix of when we get on the ball, having that urgency and having that direction of where to go. But I always think it's a bit of confidence. Ross, obviously this squad's no, nowhere near spent what's doing in terms of achieving what's meant to be doing this year. Um, and clearly it's affected the squad a lot. And I feel like some of the more attacking like eights and Ethan Robson when he was on the pitch and Dawson Devoy um, just looked a bit lost sometimes in the midfield. And you could tell that they'd not had much time playing together. And I don't know if you noticed that also. Yeah, I, I guess there's an element of, of that, but I think it's just a story of the of the season, I guess. Um, I think we've only scored, what, 23 goals this season. Um, and our top goal scorer is Bradley Johnson. Um, and if you if you said that at the start of the season, you can understand why we're in the bottom four, ultimately. Um, and it's, it's harsh to say, but what I'm hoping is these new signings hopefully breed some confidence in the final third and hopefully in other other individuals. Um, and I think what this team really does need at, at this current moment is a comfortable win with plenty of chances created and goals. And if we are going to attack and obviously get, get ourselves out of this current mess, um, we're going to have to start scoring goals quite quickly because of Obviously, we've got a vital month ahead and we've got some big fixtures obviously coming up. Obviously, Forest Green on Saturday is one. And obviously, the, the, the latter end of the season, we, we're playing teams who are probably up there. So, uh, we've got our work cut out, but I'm, I'm pretty sure um, Mark Jackson, as you say, will will be looking to strengthen in the market. Yeah, and I suppose um, every time I watch this Mark Jackson team, I think... You, we all agree on this point in that there's so much um, emphasis on the wide players, the wingers, especially to get the team moving up the pitch. And I just felt, well, you alluded to Louis Barry earlier, I just felt Louis Barry and obviously Nathan Holland going off injured. They just didn't really do enough of that on Saturday, Joe. Um, and that probably links in with the high press also. But having those wing players and making sure, like, maybe why Lecker was recruited also and the fact that they need to be higher at the pitch, it needs to be a bit more threatening going forward and supporting whether it's Mo, um, Will, or whoever else is up front for us. Yeah, I think the fact that at times uh, Mark Jackson's played Mo Issa as that right-sided uh, forward player, I think he tells you how he really wants them to be involved and he really wants to to have the wide players be a goal threat as such as well. And I think, you know, moving for Jonathan Lecco, um, I'm sure we'll come on to transfer shortly, I think that shows the areas that, uh, that that he believes he um he, he needs that we need to strengthen and um we've, as literally as we speak breaking news uh, fresh off the press um there is a, a don dean not a don deal a don dean uh, so max dean has just joined uh, on a permanent basis so i'm sure we'll speak about that one shortly yeah another forward to add to um the ranks at Don's, which is an interesting one and one that obviously knows uh, Jackson's system for the time it is under 23s. So, um, yeah, an, in an interesting signing, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about later on. Um, 
injury wise, gents, obviously it picked up quite a few injuries in this game. Um, obviously three in total. There was one, um, obviously quite a serious one by the sound of things, and wishing all the best in his recovery in that one. Um, and we'll wait to see the true severity of that soon enough, I'm sure. Um, so obviously, probably tends back in. Um, on Tucker and Jules, I'm sure will be starting on Saturday as the back two, as part of that four. Obviously, Ethan Robson and Nathan Holland also picked up knocks. Doesn't sound too bad based off what Jacko said, but obviously concerning. Well, it's concerning, isn't it, Ross? I mean, obviously, Ethan Robson is a player who clearly is, uh, at least for now, a big part of Jacko's plans in terms of that midfield and that press. And obviously, Nathan Holland, as of late, has been playing quite well. I think, I think a lot of it is just down to the workload. Um, obviously, Jacko mentioned about how he wanted to bring another another um bit of intensity to to the squad and raise the levels even more than what he, they did under Manning and i think these are probably the repercussions of them um people will pick up knocks and because we are playing an aggressive style of football and um obviously as you say Liam Holland and Robson seem to be okay and then was i think it's just the impact um and obviously it's led on to further things um but as for um, the injuries front, I've got full faith in obviously Jacko and what he's doing. But I think the the key part is that he trusts the depth in the squad, and I think people forget that. And it's a it's an opportunity to step up and make a mark at the club because of at the end of the day, if if you're the one to uh, get us out of this mess, I'm sure the fans will remember that. And um, I guess it's just a case of. Taking it with both both arms, and uh, taking the opportunity. Yeah, and Joe, who do you reckon gets the opportunity in that field in particular? Obviously, with with Robbo and Nathan, you know, don't know what their availability is to Saturday, but let's assume they're both on the bench at the very at the at the maximum. Who do you reckon gets the opportunity in those positions? I think Matt Smith is quite suited. You know, he's he's one known for getting himself about. I don't think I've ever looked at him and thought. Mm. Guys, he's um, not putting it in. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be the last game against Forest Green was quite physical, so I wouldn't be surprised to maybe see a, a Josh McEachern, Bradley Johnson plus Devoy slash Smith lineup. Um, I think it's pretty clear we are going to be we're not going to be playing three at the back because we'll, <laughs> we'll be having bloody wing backs in the centre of defence, um, or maybe Jacko can get his boots on or something. But um, yeah, no, I think um, yeah, it'll be. I think Johnson will definitely come in. I think Johnson will definitely come in, and then it's a case of uh, McEachern. You know, pretty good performance. He got voted man of the match um, on for Saturday's match. So I think yeah, it will be one of. Um, it'll be Johnson, McEachern, and then one of Smith and Devoy, which I'm absolutely fine with. Yeah, so we need to see Matt Smith for, I suppose we keep saying this, we need to see Matt Smith, but we need to see Matt Smith start a few games, get stringing games together, and especially in this system, I think he would suit it quite well, actually. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully he gets a nod. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see who he actually lines up with, Jacko, on Saturday in Gloucestershire. But, also, yeah. Also, oh. can I mention about obviously with um O'Hora being out, obviously he, he was his skipper. So it'd be interesting to see who obviously takes the armband this weekend. Obviously you got the you got the senior figures and obviously Johnson and probably Josh McEachern, you'd like to think. But yeah, that's another thing to obviously weigh up and um think who who potentially could uh, lead lead the boys on Saturday. 
Yeah, I believe um I believe Josh had it on Saturday after um after Was went off. But I mean yep. so probably there's a good chance it might be him. But yeah, no, it'd be interesting who that how that how that plays out because obviously Was was a key part of that team, right? So losing him is a big blow. Mm. Big blow. Yeah. I think Josh or Johnson, personally, yeah. Yeah, be one of the two. That that centre midfield is obviously massive for us. So um yeah, both, both experienced heads also, right? All right, yeah, all experience, yeah, we'll go that way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, as as Joe alluded to, obviously two signings through the door today, which is handy for us recording the pod. Uh, cheers, lads, by the way, and the media team. Um, first off, we'll start with the assistant. We'll go in chronological order. Um, Robbie Stockdale has joined Dons. Um, been a bit low to place, to be fair, he has. Um, his last last sort of job was at Hull as a as a first team coach I suppose and was there for a little while um, but has had previous stints uh, Sutherland caretaker of course if you watch the Sutherland Till I Die documentary he's part of that um, been at been in Hibernian for a bit um, been with the Wales women's team for a bit recently also so definitely an experienced head obviously worked under some pretty significant managers like Sam Allardyce and names like that so it's an interesting name to get as a number two Ross, but I suppose the most important thing is that A, he's had his managerial stint at Rochdale, admittedly didn't go incredibly well, but he also likes the 3 4 3 setup, or we believe he likes the 3 4 3 setup, which is what Jacko wants to implement at Don. So I suppose those two thoughts are quite aligned and probably why he got the job. Yes, I, I do believe it's quite an intriguing appointment um, because of I don't personally feel like we've gone down the generic or usual route of connections with a manager. Or close with a manager, um, but it seems like Sweet and Jacko obviously had a certain profile they wanted to aim at, and I think the experience, um, which obviously Stockdale obviously carries, um, like you say, working at West Brom and that, I think obviously a key key part. But it seems like he's quite and he's well respected, and I think that will probably lead off in the changing rooms at points uh, throughout the season if. If obviously they've worked with these top managers, these young players will want to know and get all the knowledge they possibly can off these, obviously, Jacko and Stockdale, um, because they've worked at the highest level. And I think that just breeds off in his squad and let's hope it has a positive effect. Yeah, I mean, Joe, I, mean, I listened to uh, Rob's sort of interview with Ivan um, before I came on the pod, actually, and they seem to share a pretty similar mindset of, you know they they want to they want to build the process and they want to play the way football the MK way and all that jazz. But they respect at the same time that the club needs results right now. And whilst they won't jeopardize the process to get that, they will find a way to win games. And I suppose that's it's nice to have in in the dugout for me. I don't know what you think about it, but I think from my sense of view, you know, going going into games that like we are the current sort of state we are in, it's good to know that that dugout sort of presence is there regarding that sort of stance and all. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the last um, management duo we had in Liam Mann and Chris uh, War, um, you know, we found that, you know, both of them are pretty highly regarded coaches. However, you know, they were both in, in men's English, man, English, you know, English Football League management for the first time. Now, Robbie Stockdale, he's been an assistant for some high profile clubs in the last 10 years. Um, and he's also had his own stint in the dugout as well. So I think that he's going to be a really good person that Jackson can lean on. I know I mentioned about <laughs> I mentioned about how Russell Martin and Luke, uh, Luke Williams maybe didn't work and how 
they had they didn't really know each other before, so maybe Mark Jackson, you know, wants his but uh, but you know wants someone that he knows, etc. But so that's made me look a bit stupid. But I, I do think that in in the end, it's you know he's really he's not rushed. It's not been rushed at all, and so I think that they would have done their research. They would have had conversations. And you know, if if you're not aligned, if if your assistant say, "Well, actually, I think we should do this," you know, all the time and just challenging the manager, then I think that's just not conducive to a good working environment. But I think obviously there needs to be some challenge from the assistant. You know, keep. I think I always think people sometimes people you know you always got to challenge things. I think, but um, you know, the, the fact that they're both on the same page, want to go to the same place, um, in the same way. Um, I think that's really positive, and I think that Max, uh, Robbie Stockdale has some um, s- some qualities that that you know maybe we lacked in our previous coaching team. Yeah, and of course, um, one of our players has worked under Robbie Stockdale before in Conor Grant. Um, not long ago, he was at Rochdale with him, so could be a little little thing for him in terms of getting Conor back into the fold potentially in, in the team, but. Um... Yeah, interesting appointment. One that I quite liked, actually. I had some people, I know, funny enough, Sunderland fans are singing his praises and Rochdale fans were, were hating him. So it's uh, mm-hmm. a bit of football work, say. Eh? But um, I think most importantly, he knows how to get wins in a sort of short-term scenario. Um, they demonstrated that Sunderland previously. Admittedly, he had Josh Madger up front, but we'll, we'll go we'll go along with that anyway. Um, so he knows how to get wins in these situations. So that's always a positive to take into this type of situation with a patient an assistant also. So that's good. Okay. As, as Joe mentioned about 10 minutes ago, um, breaking news came in that Don's made their second edition of the January transfer window in terms of player acquisitions and brought in Max Dean on a permanent deal. Uh, an 18 year old forward from Leeds United, of course, Mike Jackson's previous club uh, on a permanent deal. So um, a signing that obviously Ross was rumoured a couple of days ago um, by some football insiders uh, that he was potentially coming along. Um, it was his unknown whether it's going to be a loan or a permanent deal. Of course, Max only had six months left on his contract, so it is a permanent. Obviously, he's a young lad. What do you make of the signing overall? Yeah, as I say, I've I've only watched YouTube clips, and as you say, anyone could put a, a few YouTube clips together and make a player. You know, an better. expert are you, Ross? <laughs> <laughs> um, we we did see with uh, Hiram Boteg. <laughs> what a player! Um, <laughs> World beater. Um, but as I say, is yeah, you can you can select selectively make a player look good, but he looks um, obviously he's he's fresh on the blocks, um, and he looks like a striker who, who likes to get in behind and obviously has a knack of scoring goals. And I think it's um, I think it's obviously a bit cliche saying he knows where the goal is, but. Um, It'll be interesting to see how he actually deals with the men's game. Um, we have obviously seen, obviously, um, a few people, players, young players who came here and struggled with men's football. So um, it's interesting that they've obviously signed him on a permanent, but I'm not surprised with obviously his contract scenario. But at the same time, I don't think I'll make my judgment until um, I see him on the pitch. Yeah, I think it's worth noting if anyone did watch the Amazon documentary um, about Leeds United's academy and obviously had Jackson involved in it all, you know, when when the likes of Geldhart and Sam Greenwood were heading off um, to the first team, you know, Max Dean was always a prominent sort of prominent striker in that team. And um, 
was featured a lot in the documentary actually and I think this season obviously not too many games but in the games he has only scored quite a few goals I think it's four and three um for the other uh, 23s so I think well Joe they must have built quite a significant relationship over time for for Max to want to come back to work under Jacko so that's got to be a good sign right but as Ross mentioned he's a young lad he's 18 I think it'll be a while yet before we see what he's really about at Don's yeah, to me, this signing kind of screams out in terms of the structure of the deal, a Charlie Brown type deal. In the six months left on his contract, so I'm sure he wasn't, and you know, it's an undisclosed fee, but I'm sure it's not, we're not talking half a million here. Um, maybe low six figures or something like that. I'd imagine it's very much sort of to do with add ons and, and et cetera for the price. I think, um, you know, Mark Jackson knows his character and he, he knows what he's like as a player. And I think, you know, Mark Jackson, he's he's been in the league, he's been with the team for about a month now. So he knows the sort of standard, he knows where the players are at. Um, and he said, he said in his interview, he's certainly one for the future, but I'm confident that he could have an impact in the immediate term um, as well. And, you know, judging as well from the replies from some Leeds fans on... Uh, you know, in replies to the tweets, again, they're not professional scouts and neither are we, but, you know, quite a few of them say, no, you know, that's a bit of a shame. He's got got, got, got a bit of potential. He is only 18 years old. Um, I always say this, but if you look at the, you know, the top three leagues, all the all the leagues in the EFL, I think in the top 10, 10 goal scorers, there's maybe one or two players that are under the age of 23 or under the age of 24. Um People think that every young striker, if he's not scoring 10, 12, 15 goals a season, that they're bad. You know, you look at someone like Dominic Solanke, who, you know, was ridiculed for years. And then as soon as he sort of starts maturing, 23, 24, you know, he scored like 30 goals last season or something ridiculous. So, yeah, I just think, you know, have a bit of patience. Um, I'm not expecting him to move mountains, but but that would be nice if he can. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. And it'd be interesting to see, actually, if he maybe operates more as an inside forward as opposed to an actual out-and-out striker in this system. Because from I think from watching some of his sort of clips on Amazon, reading a bit more about him since um, watching documentary, doesn't come across as a, a striker that you could just play a top on his own and in that 3-4-3 system. So, yeah, I, I could see him having an impact on the wing straight away if that's the plan. Um, if it isn't, then... Obviously, we'll wait and see. But yeah, no, it's an interesting signing. And as, as Joe mentioned, definitely one for one for the future, but maybe one for the immediate also, depending on what happens uh, regarding certain players. So yeah, good to, see, good to see other faces through the door. And I'm sure we expect some more to happen before January ends. I mean, I guess we'll speak about the first man through the door now because we've not spoke about him yet, have we? Have we not? It was announced last Friday, Liam. <laughs> So they haven't, have we? Yeah, all right. Jonathan Lecco, let's go for it. Honestly, it's happened so long ago. Um, and obviously, we're recording on the Thursday tonight, usually recording on Wednesday. I completely forgot you spoke about it. So yeah, let's chat Lecco. Um, obviously, a play that we were kind of hoping we'd see on Saturday against Lincoln. Didn't get the chance to. Um, he'll definitely, probably hope to definitely think he'll be involved against Forest Green on Saturday. Um, was described as a, a forward. Um, in the club's sort of announcement of him on, as Jeremy's on Friday evening. So that would suggest that he's going to be more of a wing option, Ross. So was he coming from Birmingham? Hasn't had much football recently. Um, and as, as Joe always said, the, the first Mark Jackson signing, what are your thoughts on Leco? Yeah, the more the more I think about it, it, the more it makes sense in terms of 
Jackson said he wanted some physicality, and Leco is that. Um, he likes to obviously get his man, and he obviously backs himself, and it's maybe something we need in his team. But um, he's something different, and I think obviously with Holland, yeah, he he likes to obviously have the ball at his feet and this and that. But obviously Leco doesn't mind taking the run in behind, and I think she's given us a different outlet. But also at the same time. Leco, for for one reason, his career hasn't worked out, and I think now's now's the time he's probably saw as where he can consistently get some games and um, crack on with his career, basically. Yeah, I think I mentioned it before, Joe, on the podcast in regards to how Jacko's three four three works from the documentary, and whatever we saw from that team was always these powerful and pacey forwards on the wing, and how they just seem to just dominate teams on the counter. Um, and from what I what I've seen from Leco, he pretty much matched that description quite nicely. So I was, I'm assuming it might take a few weeks for him to get up to speed. But if that's what we can get from Jonathan in terms of that pace, power, um, and hopefully finishing, if, if that's needed, then that's kind of what we need and fits the description really. Again, a really intriguing signing, um, which I'm quietly excited about, but also being realistic at the same time. He's had quite a few moves: Birmingham City, Charlton. It's just not quite worked for him, and he's been plagued by injuries ever since. I think he made his debut sixteen or seventeen um, for West Brom, and he, in recent weeks he's been coming off the bench for Birmingham City, and he's really been making an impact by all accounts. And so, I mean, it's a bit different to do it from the start of the game for sure. Um, he'll be getting used to a new system, um, and uh, I'd imagine he would be one of our starters when fit. Um, but yeah, I think he, you know, so many times on the weekend, we won the ball back, but there was just no urgency or movement yeah. in the attacking transition. And, you know, fans were getting quite, including me, um, um, <laughs> I was getting a little bit frustrated about why they we'd win the ball back in a really good area and then like nothing happened. <laughs> but I think, you know, with someone like Jonathan Lecco, he seems an honest player from what, you know, Honest, looking through the replies for Birmingham City fans, he barely played for them, but all of them wishing him well. And I think that says a lot about the character of the bloke. He's an honest, hard-working player. And I think we could do with a few of them at the moment. And, you know, I think from his pedigree, you know he's got that, if he gets that chance, he has got that moment of quality as well. Um, you know, pretty decent highlights reel. I don't think he's um, he's like almost the cleanest with his technique, etc. But um, I thought I saw someone describe him as... Um, a new Dan Powell, uh, Daniel Powell, and he weren't too bad for us, you know, was he? So, um, yeah, I think, um, you know, you can see what they're trying to add to this team, you know. Uh, it's all been about, it's been about the physicality, it's been about keeping up with this new method of play. And so, you know, we can't afford to carry players. So I think um, it's going to be a team effort and I think he can hopefully be a big part of that moving forward. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully we'll get to see him on Saturday for his uh, debut for the Dons against Forest Green, which is what we'll look into, actually, after this little short break. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search Fan Hub app to play your part in the journey. 
So, yeah, Saturday obviously sparks a, a week of, well, chaos really for Dons in terms of games. Three in a week, uh, fortunately two at home, and, and the first one of those three games is away. Away to Forest Green, a team who played on Boxing Day and um, obviously picked up our last three points against Forest Green also, which is an encouraging sign going into this one. But I have a feeling that this game might be a bit tougher than the one on Boxing Day, Joe, and uh, I'm not sure if you agree, but it'd be good to hear your thoughts on all. Yeah, I mean we're going in. We're going away to um, bottom of the table, Forest Green. Um, I think it's. I, I hate this cliche, but it really is a relegation six pointer, isn't it? Um, and it's certainly a game which I think it would be very, very, very important to try and get something from. And it just gives us that little bit of breathing room and hopefully lifts us out of the bottom. Um, out of the bottom four. For it, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, Forest Green, um, we you know we do know a fair bit about them, having played them recently. Um, but they are currently sit at the foot of the table. Uh, only Burton Albion conceded more goals than them. They've conceded fifty goals in twenty six games. So that's uh, nearly two two goals per game. They're the worst goal difference in the league. Um, only one team has scored less goals than them as well. So, um, yeah, going forward, not great at the back. Not great. However, you know, we can't uh, be too uh, boastful about it because uh, although our defensive numbers are much better, um, we've only scored one more goal than uh, Forest Green Rovers. Um, And they currently sit on 21 points, whereas we sit on 22 points. So, um, you know, with Morecambe being on 24 points um, just outside the relegation zone, it really is a key game uh, potentially in the the battle to, to get out of the relegation zone. In terms of form, uh, Forest Green at home, they they rank uh, 22nd in the league. They've won four games at home this season. Um, they've scored 10 goals in 13 home games, which is actually the same as what we've done. Um, however, they have conceded a couple more. Um, in terms of recent results at home, they've actually... Um, they haven't won a game in all competitions in one, two, three, four, five, six games, uh, losing five of them. But before that did come actually three wins on the bounce, um, one in the FA Cup against Alverchurch and then beating Cambridge United and Cheltenham. And if you actually look at the, um, you know, the teams that Forest Green have actually beaten this season, um, they've only won one game away from home. So they've beaten Bolton at home, they've beaten Cheltenham at home, they've beaten Accrington at home and they've beaten Cambridge at home. Um, so they've beaten the four, three of their four wins at home this season have been against teams 18th and below. Um, but also just to note as well, they did lose to Morecambe at home and they did lose to Burton Albion at home. Um, so they've not actually drawn a game at home this season either. So they're not a great team. Um, they do, have been boosted by uh, having Matty Stevens back, who uh, is a real... Oh, he's in the, I mean, this is a compliment. He's an horrible bastard. He's um, <laughs> He gets in amongst it. Um, I actually, I think Ross as well, we, we've seen him play for Kettering um, a couple of years ago in um, the Southern Premier League. And he was he was 18 years old on loan from Peterborough and he was just bullying defenders. Um, he's, he, I think he could have actually gone into boxing professionally. So um, hopefully he's not having to use those boxing skills on, um, on, on Saturday. I'm sure he won't be. But, um, you know, just a quick note that he's back. Um, and also they've, um, they've lost... Jamil Matt, who's a big influence, and actually, um, I don't, you know, I don't think Forest Green fans are too pleased about that. Um, bringing in Jordan Garrick as well, 
I believe that is from, it was either Swansea or Lincoln, I think. Um, so he scored on his debut, but he's um, he's sort of player that when I saw, when when they signed him, I thought, oh god, that's quite good. And then I actually looked at his record, and his record very much seems to be inconsistent at best. So let's hope it's one of those um, those uh, down days. Um, but ultimately, I think this is game we've we've got to just be looking at not losing, or at least trying to get a victory. We've been better away from home than we have at um, at Stadium MK. So I kind of uh, take that that um, you know that that element of hope with me. Um, it's going to be a cold day, so wrap up warm on the terrace and see you there. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely bringing my hat and gloves to that one. Uh, it's going to, especially on oh, the, uh, the old is, standard. Yeah, that is a woolly hat day. That is a woolly hat <laughs> day for sure. But yeah, I mean, to be fair, they play Forest Green and playing that three for one system, which they have done for quite a while now, and under their manager, and obviously losing Matt is quite a quite a blow, as Joe mentioned, but. They've definitely made some investment this window, to say the least. You know, they've brought in, I think it's about four or five players this window, actually. So, Ross, obviously, in terms of additions, it'll be, um, it'll take quite, quite a bit of time to potentially get to know each other well and get to each other on the pitch. But, you know, it's a team that, like any team, really, is going to get relegated and it's going to be a bit of a dogfight, really. I think that's that's the issue with this game is, well, I hope it doesn't turn into a dogfight. Because of if we play our own way, we should be beating Forest Green, and no disrespect to them, um, I just think the quality we've got in our team. Um, if we play to our own game and we control the game like we did at Stadium MK, we we should win this game. Um, but as I say, it never works out like that. And I think just looking back at the game at Stadium MK, um, Forest Green tried to make it physical, um, and they t- tried to utilize most of the set pieces and I think that is the key in this game if we defend the corners and the set pieces and the throw-ins well um, we've got a real real good chance of winning this game and um, I think just one individual from Forest Green um, who has an influence in the final third for obviously Forest Green is Corey O'Keefe the wing back Um, he's got six assists this this year Um, but he can play either side and as I say, um, we, we will we will have our work cut out to contain him. Um, but as I say, I don't think it's a game where these players should walk into and underestimate this team. Um, they should look at it like any other game if we were to play top of the league um, and rise to a challenge. And let's just hope uh, we can we can come back come back to Ketchering or London where you live, Liam, uh, with three points. Yeah, it's a long Ross. trip on a Saturday for me. Yeah. Are we going out if we win? Just, just want to put it out there. No, no, no. <laughs> Too cold for that. Dry Jan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's an interesting game this one actually. Yeah, I feel both teams have definitely got have got quality on the pitch. It's just which team is actually going to see a bit of quality and get the three points. And does does feel like a pretty big, pretty, pretty big three points in this one for both teams really so in terms of the actual match gents how do we think it's actually going to go um obviously i don't believe they've lost to forest green actually in, in their history so that's that's a good omen you'd like to think um i suppose it's the first time for everything but hopefully not on saturday so uh for joe how do you reckon it's going to go mate um 
Yeah, I think, you know, Ross mentioned Corey O'Keefe quite rightly there. I think he took a lot of their set pieces as well, which, you know, they, they were a threat from. Um, uh, so, yeah, that's something to be wary of. Um, I do think that we will be better in possession, uh, out of possession, I beg your pardon. And I think with them being at home, I think they're going to they're gonna be less likely to frustrate us um, in terms of, you know, they, they were quite happy to basically not attack in open play um, in the game. Uh, in the game against um, us on Boxing Day, and I think you know we we were suspect in transitions then, and we were suspect in from set pieces. I think those are both two areas where Mark Jackson would have definitely worked on. Um, and I think that there will be spaces in behind. It's uh, just about using using players to exploit that. Um, so I I actually think, and I mentioned as well, you know we've got a decent away record, and I think we could maybe extend that. I'm quietly hopeful. Um, I don't trust Ian Birchnell, the Forest Green manager at all. I think, you know, from seeing him at um, when I when I watched a few Notts County games last year, he talks a good talk and he says he wants to be progressive, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, you know, it, when it comes to actually tactically changing games, etc., I really wasn't impressed with him at Notts County, and you can see how how much of improvement Luke Williams is on him with not too much of a better squad. Um, so, yeah, um. I, I quietly think that we actually might do quite well. But I say that every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting, um, I'm getting flashbacks to the Russell Martin Lee two game, um, with this type of game. To be honest, you know, it's, it feels like a equally pivotal game in our in, in our season. So that one, obviously, came over the three points on that day, and I don't know. I could see a similar sort of situation planning out. Um, I think both teams will turn up for it. Um, hopefully more on our side. And I think it'd be one of those games that kind of creeps up on people that maybe on paper it's not the biggest or the most exciting game in the world, but it actually ends up being one. And uh, yeah, I hope it ends up in Don's three points basically because it'd be a massive one for us and a much needed one really. Um, so Ross, what do you think to this one, mate? Uh, I do feel like it would be cagey, um, and then. I think either to, one of the teams will get a goal and I think it will really open up the game. Um, but I've, I've got us edging it 2-1 only because, as Joe mentioned, our away form's a lot better than our home form. Um, and I believe if we improve our home form, we stay up. Um, but I think as it stands, I think, obviously, I think we've got more right to be more confident going into this result with, um, obviously... What three clean three clean sheets in the last five games, as you said earlier, but I think overall, um, I just feel like we've got enough quality in this team on our day to hurt any team. Yeah, and hopefully bringing in um, wing players like Leko, as as Ali mentioned, we we need really, and I think we've emphasised this pod that we need some decent wing play. Hopefully, those guys can come in and have an instant impact and uh, yeah, help us to get a much needed three points on Saturday. Just a quick mention as well, tickets are available um, and I think you can also buy them on the day, but there's just a pound increase. So it'd be good to, if for those that want to brave the conditions with us. I mean, the more people that are on the terrace, the warmer we'll be, right? Exactly. We're all huddled up yeah. together. We'll have a big group hug and yeah, go come over the three points, hopefully. We'll meet you in the George Inn. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yes, the early kickoff. I don't know what a throw today. Mid-table football, Liverpool Chelsea, I can't wait. I know, yeah. No. I wonder what what the standard will be better in our game or their game because uh, having seen how Chelsea Liverpool have been playing lately, I don't think it'll be far off. 
Yeah, well, Chelsea started the whole of European football, weren't they? So it's uh, going to be interesting on that. But um, yeah, no, I say, I think, um, as Joe mentioned, tickets are on sale on the day. It'll only be standing only, the uncovered section, but no, it'll be good to get as many people down there as possible. Uh, personally, for me, it's uh, it's a tick on the 92, so I'm definitely going. Um, I'm sure it'll be for many of you also. Um, so yeah, feel free to come. He's got three spaces in his car as well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, until next week and until Saturday, come on, you dons. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.